0: hello everyone my name is charles the lead pastor here welcome to zoom sunday service here at the river we're so glad you could join us we're in a sermon series called how can faith help with dot 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 and today's topic is fomo fear of missing out how can faith Help with FOMO. Because it feels like today's social media culture is all about FOMO, right? Everybody's posting the good stuff. Great vacations, great houses, great cars, humble brags, if not outright brags, and our brains have always been wired to respond to this kind of stuff. How are the neighbors doing? How are our friends? What are they up to? There's a reason why we have well-known phrases like keeping up with the Joneses. Research has shown our happiness is dependent On how we perceive we are doing vis-à-vis our peers. So it's not about how well we are doing in absolute terms. It's not about how an average human being lives in the world. It's all about how we are doing compared to people we can see around us. Right? Nobody is comparing their life here in New York City to someone in Afghanistan, in Syria, in slums of India, and then think, oh I'm so grateful, I'm doing so well compared to so many people around the world. No, nobody seems like that. We are always looking around and looking up. If you're a parent, when you hear of a new great school, in the area that you just heard from your friend that they are sending their kids to, you wonder, am I giving our kids the best chance we can give them or are we missing out on something? When you hear of your friend getting a great job, you wonder if you've taken a wrong path somewhere, if you could have done better, if only you made better choices kind of thinking can trap you in something very unhealthy, spiritually and emotionally. I still remember something a friend of mine told me a few years back. He had been on work sabbatical for the last few months, for the first time in his life. And he says it was really challenging, not restful, but challenging because he had grown up with strong work ethic to do your best, to be your best. So when the vacation started, he approached it like he would approach a work assignment. He wanted to make sure he didn't miss anything. He wanted the absolute best out of his vacation. He was driven, trapped by, FOMO. So he made a list of all the things he wanted to do, so he wouldn't miss out on anything. Schedule it all out as to when and how and budget and everything. And he tried to check off every item day by day, systematically. Work at it, and that, as you can as you can imagine, that made his vacation kind of stressful. I mean, that's not vacation. That's That feels like work, really. It was only when he put in conscious effort to let go of all that, that's when he could actually enjoy his vacation. FOMO. can ruin your vacation. It can ruin your relationships. It can lead to midlife crisis. It can lead to selfish or even criminal behavior. But truth be told, What we are afraid of missing out, what we think are so great in other people's lives, it's not that great. After all, nobody can eat more than three times a day. Nobody can live to a million years, no matter how rich they are. After a while, you get cheated to everything, no matter how great any experience is. There is a book in the Bible called Ecclesiastes about how every experience on earth fades away and how nothing is as great as we think they are. It's a confession by a king who had everything, who was able to do everything. And he tells us this in Ecclesiastes chapter 1. I, the teacher, was king over Israel in Jerusalem. I applied my mind to study and to explore by wisdom all that is done under the heavens. But I learned that this too is a chasing after the wind. So I said to myself, come now. I will test with pleasure to find out what is good. But that also proved to be completely empty experience. I undertook great projects. I built houses for myself and planted vineyards. I made gardens and parks. I made reservoirs to water groves of flourishing trees. I bought male and female slaves. I amassed silver and gold for myself and the treasure of kings and provinces. I acquired male and female singers and a harem as well, the delights of a man's heart. I became greater by far than anyone in Jerusalem before me. In all this, my wisdom stayed with me. I denied myself nothing my eyes desired. I refused my heart no pleasure. My heart took delight in all my labor. Yet when I surveyed all that my hands had done and what I had toiled to achieve, everything felt completely empty and meaningless. chasing after the wind. This man, by his own confession, had everything a person could ever want. Power, money, pleasure, adoration, even wisdom. But he found everything to be empty meaningless, big, fat, nothing. And when you read stuff like this, a natural reaction for many people is, well, that wouldn't be me. (laughs) If that were me, I would be so happy. I would never get jaded. I would be grateful all my life. Well, don't be so sure. Because this is the commonly reported experience of, of, of almost everyone who gets to the top. Lottery winners, for example, it is well-known. They don't end up happy in general. You see, this is what they found in brain science. No matter how great your experience is, our brain is wired to get used to it. So if you win the lottery, there is elation at first, because your circumstance went up from here to here and that jump in circumstance makes you elated. But then you get used to your new circumstances and then your brain gets back to your baseline of happiness level. It's only the jump in your circumstance that makes your brain happy, not the absolute level. So unless you're always jumping up, always upping your circumstances, always going up, your brain always goes back to, eh, I'm used to it now, what's new? So that's the problem. That's why successful people can't stop trying to go higher and higher. Have you ever wondered why ambition seems unlimited? Why billionaires? go for bigger and bigger things? I mean why do they have to be competing with each other to build the biggest rocket ships literally at this point? Why can't people like Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos stop and just say well I'm at the top I'm really really happy I'm happy as I am. No they have to always chase after the next thrill. It's because every human being needs a bigger and bigger hit. It's just like how drugs work. You get used to it. So you need to up it. But the truth is, you can't always be getting better and better and better and better in life. In fact, it gets harder to up your circumstances the higher you are. So that could be a a tragic thing actually. And What a tiring life that is, by the way. Always trying to get that high, from succeeding wildly every single time, always going for that movement up. It gets old. It gets empty. That's what this passage is telling us. Everything becomes empty. You get jaded to everything. So the king advises us, A person can do nothing better than to eat and drink and find satisfaction in their own toil. Rather than looking around, look at your own and just eat and drink and be happy where you are. That's the advice from him in the Bible. Try to find the good in the life you have right now. And if we do, and we look around, there's a lot to be grateful for, right? I mean, we have air conditioning today. No human being had such luxuries until recently. Everybody had to just sweat uh, in all of human history until just like a century ago. Modern medicine, refrigerators, sneakers bars, all these things came recently. What if we noticed these things we take for granted and realize, hey, we have jumped up quite a bit. That's the secret to lasting happiness. Try to find satisfaction in our actual life, in small pleasures, because that's all we have anyway. Of course, this has been said many times before by many wise people, and, and the thing is, this is a lot easier said then done. It's a lot easier for people like me to stand up here and preach rather than actually practice. Because we all have this feeling deep down. This suspicion that others are doing better. We are missing out. We're not doing enough. We're not getting what we deserve. It's just the human nature. And combine that with a unique American culture where you grow up hearing you can do anything, you can be anything. This is America, land of freedom and opportunity. If only you work hard enough, you could be an astronaut. You could be the president. These are the things that, that kids in America get told because we live in America where anything can happen it's all up to you and it's just not really true by the way there's only one president of the United States every four years that's in a country of 330 million people the odds are it'll be easier to win the mega jackpot people And you can't be an astronaut just because you want to, no matter how hard you try. I can't become an NFL offensive lineman no matter how much I might want to. Can you imagine? I'll be destroyed in one second. (laughs) Not a good idea. But we grow up with this myth that we could be anything we want if we just try hard enough. So what happens? When we don't become incredibly successful, what happens when we see stuff on Facebook and Instagram of of wild success? Whose fault is that that you are not like that? Well, you must not have done your best. Because this is America, after all. It's on you that your life is just ordinary that can eat at you. These nagging questions in your head. Have I really done my best? Maybe I took a wrong turn somewhere in my past. Where did I go wrong? Who's to blame? Did I choose the right career? Did I choose the right city to live in? Did I choose the right spouse? FOMO! These are hellish spiritual dynamic that can destroy your soul. This is from Satan. We must fight these doubts and questions. And this is where fighting the good fight of faith comes in. Because faith can drive out FOMO. How? Because in the end FOMO is really questions and doubts about our self. FOMO goes deeper than just the desire to have better circumstances. At the deepest level, formal is about what better circumstances say about you. What it implies about your status, your worth, your value. Right? great jobs, great vacations, great houses, they signify you are successful, you are valuable in the eyes of this society. Therefore, you have worth. That's the deeper and more meaningful drive behind FOMO. So to truly address that, we need faith. We need to believe we are worthy regardless of our circumstances. Now I want to make this clear. I want you to try to better your circumstances as much as you can because life is more pleasant that way. But faith tells us we are accepted, valued, and beloved by the judge of all things, God. That's the faith that undergirds Christian mindset. And when we live by faith, the effects of FOMO will lessen in your life. You will gain clarity of purpose, meaning, and value about what is truly important in life. That is a sure foundation you can build your life from. So let me throw out some practical suggestions. To live from the position of faith that can counteract the power of FOMO that's so strong in today's culture. First, ask God to live today with deep knowledge of God's unconditional love for you because the Bible teaches us there is no fear in unconditional love, but unconditional love drives out all fear. The antidote to all fear, including FOMO, is unconditional love. Because if you are secure in your heart that you are worthy unconditionally, not because of your merit, not because of your status or your whatever, but because of God's unconditional love and regard for you, which is what the cross speaks so eloquently of, well then, your worth will never be in question. You will become confident in your inner being, and this confidence will help you live your life not from the place of fear and doubt and stress, but from confidence, from joy, and ironically, that will make you more successful. So ask God to open your eyes to God's unconditional love for you because it takes the Holy Spirit to really know God's love deep in your heart. There is no other way, really. But the good news is God promises to touch your heart if you ask for it. So make this your daily prayer. God, help me know and live by your unconditional love every day for me and for all people. This is a prayer that every human being could pray daily to their benefit. Doesn't matter if you are Christian or Muslim or Buddhist or whatnot. What could anyone have against unconditional love for all human beings? This is the gospel I love. That's good news to all people. That leads to my second practical suggestion the spiritual practice of saying today is the best day I have. Because this is always true, right? Because we have no other day than today. The past is gone and the future doesn't exist yet. All we have is today. This moment, this reality. So let's make the best of it. There is a great Christian hymn for children who That comes from a Bible verse. That is, This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. This could become a daily prayer for us. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. That's a willful choice to say, I'm going to be happy today because today is what I have. Today is what God has made. It's all I have. It's the only reality I have. And it takes faith to declare that. Now this little ditty has proven to be quite useful to me. I tried it uh, as preview for you this past week. Throughout the day, I would just say to myself quietly, to God, today is my best day. Thank you, God, for who I am and what I am. Let me have the best day I can. This day. This doesn't mean I stop trying to better my circumstances, but this helps me to strive from the place of confidence, from security, from happiness, rather than the usual place of stress and envy and fear. It just makes everything so much better. Let's trust that God's power will support us when we try to live in faith. Let's not be driven by FOMO. Let's live in faith. Amen. Now I would love to discuss all this with you, so please stick around for our Zoom Sunday discussions at 11.45. And it will be lovely if you haven't joined us yet on our Zoom services. Join us at 11 or in one of our weekly Zoom groups. We will be reopening soon, uh, so keep your eyes open for announcement on when that is. God bless everyone. Bye!